Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1, says about Jesus, The real light that shines on everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not recognize him. He came to that to what was his own, yet his own people did not accept him. In the Gospel reading for today, we see a, a sad example of this reality that the Apostle John wrote about in, in John chapter 1. When we read about the, the people of that Samaritan village who did not welcome Jesus even to come into their town. After thousands of years of, of promise and prophecy from God about the Savior that, that God promised to send into the world to rescue the world from their sins and from eternal damnation, now that the Savior had come, the people to whom the Savior had come were not ready or, or willing to receive him now that he had come. And of course, the reasons for that were many. Primarily, he did not meet their requirements, their expectations of who the Messiah should be and what he should do. As you know, Jesus was born and, and raised in humble circumstances, and he looked just like anybody else, like, like an ordinary person. He did not appear as the conquering hero that they were hoping he would be. They were dreaming of an earthly kingdom with all the, the power and glory that, that someone who would, who would drive off all enemy forces and powers would bring. They were not interested in the kind of spiritual kingdom that Jesus was offering to them. And Jesus was also a threat to those in power. The religious and, and cultural leaders of the Jewish people were very jealous and felt personally threatened by Jesus' popularity, by the, the number of people who were following Jesus and listening to him instead of listening to them as, as they had before. Jesus was also a problem for, simply for those who didn't want to change their way of thinking, their way of acting, or their way of living, as Jesus called them to repent and to turn back to God. Well, today, Jesus still comes through his word and through the sacraments, and the reception that Jesus receives today is still very often the same as it was when he was physically, visibly living here on earth 2,000 years ago. So often people close their minds and, and the doors of their hearts and the doors of their homes even to him and his messengers. Jesus simply is not what many people want, what they are hoping for in the Messiah that they want to follow. Jesus comes to change their lives, to give them abundant life now and forever. He asks people to receive him into their hearts because he wants to bless them. But tragically, he is not always welcomed into people's hearts. Jesus offers people eternal life, but tragically, so many people reject that offer of eternal life. In the Gospel reading today, we see that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He has made up his mind to go to Jerusalem, knowing full well exactly what would happen to him there, the, the torture and the excruciating and, and shameful death 
that he would suffer there. He's made up his mind. He's going there not as a tourist, not out of custom, not uh, simply to to worship according to the, the traditions of the Old Testament. He's going there to fulfill the plan of God the Father for him to be the Savior of the world through his crucifixion and his resurrection from the dead. And so he was passing through Samaria from Galilee, the the region in the northern part of Israel where predominantly uh, ethnic Jewish people lived, through the central region of Samaria where there were people of mixed race, Jewish and, and other ethnicities. And there was traditionally tension between Samaritans and Jews. So as Jesus was passing through that area, passing by a village that he wanted to go in and and rest there, he sent messengers ahead to get things ready for him. But because of that, that hatred and that tension that existed between Jews and Samaritans, the inhabitants of that Samaritan village refused to even give Jesus the slightest courtesy of, of welcoming him to stop in their town for the night. It was prejudice, prejudice in the hearts of those people that prevented Jesus from being received by the people of that town. And very often that still is the case today. Prejudice so often still prevents the power of the gospel from touching the lives and the hearts of people. Church members may quarrel with one another over sometimes relatively petty and and unimportant things, and so as a result, sometimes Jesus is not received in the hearts of those people. Members of residents of a community may avoid a certain church because of of gossip or rumors that they have heard spread about that church, uh, sometimes falsely, and so as a result, Jesus may not be received in the hearts of those people. Even though the gospel is being preached and practiced and promoted, prejudice so often closes doors and prevents Jesus from being received by people. And in this reading from Luke chapter 9, we see two of Jesus' disciples, the brothers James and John, we see them earning their nickname, the Sons of Thunder by wanting to call down fire from heaven to destroy that village and its residents because of their rejection of Jesus and refusal to even allow him to come into their village. By doing so, James and John overlooked the whole purpose of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. In their mistaken zeal and their passion for preserving Jesus' honor and their feelings of being hurt and rejected, James and John forgot that Jesus' kingdom is not built by destroying those who reject him. The church of Jesus does not resort to physical force or to violence when Jesus is rejected. Think about another of Jesus' disciples, the Apostle Peter, who in the Garden of Gethsemane on on the night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested, when Jesus was led off, Uh, to trial before the high priest, Peter forgot about what Jesus had told them so many times, that this had to happen to him, that he would be arrested and suffer and die, but on the third day rise again from the dead. And so Peter took matters into his own hands, literally uh, using a sword to to try to defend Jesus and and cutting off the, the ear of the high priest's servant. Jesus promptly healed of that injury. 
also. So similarly, in a similar way, James and John also forgot the truth that Jesus' kingdom is not spread through physical force or violence. But as we look at the 2,000-year the history of the Christian church, we see, sadly, that there have been so many times that Christians, or at least self-professed Christians, have forgotten that the mission of Jesus is not to destroy people, not to try to force people into faith through coercion or, or threats of violence, but to save them, to win them, to draw them through the gospel, ultimately to give them life, eternal life. That is the spirit of Jesus. The prophet Isaiah, living about more than 700 years before Jesus came, prophesied this about the Savior and his mission and and his attitude. Isaiah wrote in chapter 53, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He did not fight back. He didn't even speak up to defend himself. And later on, after the Apostle Peter realized uh, what Jesus had come to accomplish and how he came to accomplish it, Peter wrote in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And so, especially because of those words of Jesus, because of those prophecies about the Savior from the Old Testament, James and John should have known better about Jesus and his mission. Think about what they had seen and heard already to this point. They were eyewitnesses time and time again to the healing, loving, caring Jesus. They saw him heal blind people, lame people, and diseased people. They were with Jesus when he welcomed little children to come to him, even little babies, and held them in his arms and blessed them. They saw the the tears in Jesus' eyes and heard the compassion in his voice when he dealt with so many people. Jesus came not to destroy, not to destroy suddenly with fire or lightning from heaven, but he came to save people now and forever. That was his purpose. That was Jesus' whole reason for coming to this earth and becoming a human being And living here among sinful people, that was the whole purpose of his death and his resurrection. And so his disciples should have known better, and we also should know better. Betrayed, denied, whipped bloody, spat upon, condemned, ridiculed, crowned with thorns, nailed to a tree, bleeding and dying an innocent death, all in order to redeem me a lost and condemned creature. We should know better, but sometimes we act differently and and act no better than James and John did in this gospel reading from Luke chapter 9. Think about sometimes how angry we might get, how personally offended we might feel if someone rejects the message about Jesus that we try to proclaim to them. Think about sometimes perhaps how filled with hostility we become when God's word is rejected or or mocked or scorned? How many times do we find ourselves 
uh, wishing that the fire of God's wrath would fall on those that we think deserve some sort of punishment for their actions or their behavior that goes against God's will. How soon, how easily we forget the purpose of God's word. It is to seek and to save. It is to help and to heal. It is to reconcile and to retrieve. And a good thing it is, because just like those Samaritans, we ourselves have often rejected Jesus. And maybe at least not openly in the way that they did, but like those Samaritan villagers, there are times when we simply want nothing to do with Jesus or what he has to say about some certain matter in our lives. We take our place alongside those with whom Jesus dealt lovingly and patiently and who, as a result, are are turned around and changed forever. We stand together with Paul, originally that great persecutor of Christians who later became the great apostle for Jesus. We take our place with Ruth, a non-Jew who received a place of honor in the ancestral line of the human ancestry of Jesus, the Savior of the world. We rub shoulders together with David, an adulterer and murderer who becomes again by the same grace of God, a child of God, and who had the honor of, of his ancestral city being the place of birth of, of the Redeemer of the whole world. You and I, poor, miserable sinners though we are, once again are able to be called the sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. Verse 56 of our reading says, The Son of Man did not come to destroy people's souls, but to save them. That is the message of Jesus to James and John outside that Samaritan village that day. And that is the message to us as well today. It's the message that proclaims mercy, pardon, and peace from God to us and to all people. It's the message that, yes, got through to the heart of Jesus' disciple John, who that day was wanting to call down fire from heaven in judgment to destroy those sinners. But the Apostle John later wrote in his gospel book about Jesus, in John chapter 3, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That is the urgent message that God wants us to preach and to share with others without delay, with everyone. Just as Jesus in our reading is determined to go to Jerusalem and to carry out God's plan of salvation in spite of the great suffering and and ultimately death that he knew would happen to him there. So we also must be determined to carry out God's plans for the lives of those he would save through us and, and through our mission. If we have received that message, and each of us have sitting here today listening online, as we have received that message, we also must share that message. If we know Jesus, and and by God's grace, each of us do know him through his word and sacraments, then we also must make him known to others. If we have experienced his love, and by his grace, each one of us has experienced his love and forgiveness then we must extend that love to others. And we must do it now. 
Not tomorrow, not after we have taken care of other matters and not after we have finished with other tasks that are before us, not after other less important things have been handled. Right now. Jesus makes himself crystal clear about the immediacy, the urgency of this mission of sharing the eternal, life-giving, life-saving gospel about his forgiveness of all our sins. In verses 57 through 62 of our reading, he assures us that we are his. We have become his followers, and he wants to use us, to work through us, to make himself and his love and forgiveness known to other people, so that many other people will also put their trust in him and their hope in him for eternal life and salvation. Nothing else matters as greatly as that goal of eternal salvation. Nothing else is as, as important to God, nothing else counts as much to him as achieving that goal, winning more souls for eternal life with him in heaven. And so think about yourself and your life and, and the relationships with which God has blessed you. Is there someone to whom you can go today or, or this coming week with a message about God's love for them through Jesus? Maybe it's someone who has closed a door, either literally or, or metaphorically, on you in the past as you have tried to talk to them about Jesus. But you can try again once more today or this week. Maybe they've believed in the past in Jesus as their Savior, but have wandered away from the faith. Or, or maybe they have never believed in Jesus. But God's Holy Spirit continues to work today through his word, and he promises to work through his word that you share with other people. You may have in the past washed your hands of, of this person or shook your fist at them because of their rejection of, of God's word that you've tried to share with them, but but today, this week, you can wrap your arms around them, extending that love and compassion of God to them. Jesus came not to destroy, but to save. He came to, to save that neighbor down the street, the, the classmate from school, the person sitting across the table from you, the one you love most. At his birth, there was no room for him in the inn when he was born, but by his grace, God has made room for him in your heart. Jesus came to his own people, but his own people, so many of them, sadly, did not accept him. But you are here in worship today by God's grace to glory in the fact that you are his and he is yours. That is the joy of our message. That is the reason for our urgency to share this message with other people. In a world dying to be saved, Jesus is salvation, now and forever. He came not to destroy, but to save. Amen.